Welcome, everybody, to Hidden Guardians Podcast, your only podcast host by actual Hidden Guardians. Today, we are back after a uh, little bit of a bout of illness on my side. Uh, yeah, we got the Rona hit the house. The joys of being married to a high school teacher. <sighs> I don't wish that shit on anybody after going through it. But finally feel good enough that we can actually do this stuff again. Uh, this week, we will be chatting up the um, Season of the Witch story so far. Mm-hmm. We have four weeks? Five weeks? Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. Okay. Um, you know, what we think about it. All that. But also, <clears throat> we'll be talking about something that happened the weekend that we record uh involving crafting and the first uh trials weekend where the igneous hammer came into rotation Mm -hmm. thing things happened (laughs) one way to put it 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 was beautiful it still is (laughs) it hasn't been patched out yet but that's coming i'm outrider i'm with venge How's it going, bud? How's everything? Things are good, and we are back. Yeah. And I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of back, Season of the Witch, Eris Morn is back in the driver's seat, so to speak. It's another uh, major story season in the ongoing March to Final Shape big multi-seasonal storyline thing mm-hmm. and um yeah it's this is uh eris's time to shine it is spooky season also so it's pretty appropriate that she's in the lead here yeah um that first uh the first week i it kind of really um I think it kind of grabbed my attention quite <laughs> handily yeah. on week one, uh, especially when you get that lovely cut scene and the, you get the plan because the, the entire purpose of the season is we have to bring back Ziva Wrath, uh, not Ziva Wrath, uh, Savathun, bring back mm-hmm. Savathun. And we're trying to um, <clears throat> work with Amaru Sabathun's ghost. But the thing is, the deal is that Sabathun will not help us get to where the witness went to unless we take care of her sister, Zivu Arath. Mm-hmm. There we go. You know, the hive god of war. The one that raised Torbottle to the ground and caused the Cabal to flee. Just that yeah. small little enemy. Just, yeah, it's, it's an absolute minor deity. It's nothing major at all. It's not like, you know, the most probably violent, <laughs> fanatical <laughs> one out of the bunch. No, 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 no. This this is like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood level, you know, very passive, you know, pacifistic hive god, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we, we got to stop Zivu Wrath. Before Sabathun will uh, agree to help us. And Eris has a plan. Um, then. 
change. Uh, would you like to talk about that plan a little bit? What what she did? Because, well, uh, a brain fart on my side. <laughs> um, I mean, as as we all saw, I guess if we watched, um, I was it the showcase? It might have been the showcase. Yeah, yeah, because the showcase, the showcase kind of teased some of it. Yeah, that was the day that the season came out. So, if you watched showcase or if you played the season, you're aware that Eris has now been able to transform herself into a hive who at the beginning we were like okay that's that's pretty cool that's just, you know she's a hive and it comes uh she is now the the hive god of vengeance which is pretty wild and so the plan is for us to go into Sabathun's throne world and go through Sabathun's spire and altars of summoning to tithe to Eris. So we're basically killing all the baddies and it's it's feeding Eris. And at the same time we have to realize that it's also like feeding Zebu Wrath at the same time. Um and the whole plan is to make Eris as strong as possible so that we have a a major force with us when we go to fight Zivu Arath. Um and it's pretty wild. It's a uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it, I suppose. <laughs> uh the the transformation scene itself was pretty uh it's so cool. Morally. Yeah. And she's not stuck in this form. She goes back and forth. Yeah. You know, so every time that she needs to be in high form, she has to go through this excruciatingly painful transformation sequence again. Mm-hmm. It's not like Sailor Moon where she spins around and she puts on like magical lipstick and stuff like that. No, it's like <laughs> tightness plates are bursting out of her and her arms are twisting and contorting and breaking and all just uh, yeah. nasty stuff. Um. It, in kind of watching some lore channels and whatnot, I think Mylon Games was talking about this aspect. It's unsure if what we're doing is actually going to Zivu Arath, though, because what Eris is, what her ritual is doing, it could actually be filtering all of the tides away from Zivu Arath. Uh, it's it's a little hard to tell it, sometimes it, it, because of clear. At this yeah, point. because Zevo is also telling us in the Altars of Summoning that all we're doing is feeding her, and it's well, we're basically sure. wasting our time, stuff like that. But yeah, sure. But you know, Hive liars as well. <laughs> we we don't actually no really we actually do not know for certain. Yeah, and um, you know, little bits and pieces are coming out as it's going on. Week two was just kind of more of the same, and I know I know you kind of like jumped to oh Zivu was telling us this for at least the first two weeks we really didn't have anything to do with Zivu Arath. The plan was just in motion, and yeah. we were tithing to Eris, and you know you had the vanguard going. You know, hey man, is a <laughs> should she be doing this? <laughs> yeah, what, what if she can't come back from this? Um, um within we, that. Within that first couple of weeks, we're also kind of getting a glimpse of like how other people are feeling about it. Yeah. And so far, um, I feel like 
the biggest surprise is that Idol has had no issue with this because we're working towards the common enemy of Zebu Arath and Idol really wants to take down Zebu because of, you know, Torabata like you brought up. Yeah. Um the Drifter is obviously full behind Eris on this. Um Icorus what he did. I did love what he did. Yeah. He showed up and asked, it's like, so what is it like, you know, when you transform? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she's like, and describes it. And she goes, "Yes, it would be as you said, a wild ride, a wild ride." <laughs> and he, and he walks up behind her and he puts his hand on her shoulder and she's like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, when you come out of this, I'll be here for you. I'll be here when when you come out the other side." And she's like, "I'll, and it will be me coming out mm-hmm. the other side. Trust." And it's like, "Aww, adorable." The rat, yeah. <laughs> um. Icora's had her little bit of issues with it, but she she trusts Eris. She believes in her ability to like make the right decision on throughout this whole thing. And then, at least to my memory, um, and this has also come from some lore channels like My Name Is Bife and Mylan, um, but the Exo Stranger Elsie Bray is she's she pissed. <laughs> She is angry about it. Oh, yeah. She's warned everybody about the dark future where Eris becomes the witch queen. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what are you doing? What have I told you? (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, that, that is, I mean, her reaction 100% makes sense from what she's told us about all the stuff she's seen. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I've seen anybody else have as a negative a reaction to it. Um Yeah. At the, least the, with within like our line of, you know, the people that we're working and dealing with and stuff like that. But Oh yeah. Uh my favorite reaction though is uh Crows. Because he's standing mm-hmm. outside the door on the helm where you have to go visit Eris. Yeah. <laughs> the portal is and he's like, Hi Guardian, how are you? <laughs> I mean, he has nothing to say, and he's standing in front of this freaking hell portal right to yeah. Zula, uh, to a Savathun's throne world, where Eris is turning into a hive god of vengeance. This dude has nothing to say at all this season. <laughs> I am shocked <laughs> that they didn't do something for him because he's standing literally right there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh that that is really funny to hear. Just hi, Guardian. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. just like kind of calm, almost jovial. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's having like he's having like this normal conversation. So he's like talking to Glint, and I was like, "Hold on, Glint. Yes, Guardian. How can I help you?" It's like, dude, how are you feeling about this shit going on? Hi, Guardian. We're gonna go out onto the field. It's like, no, man, pay attention. What's happening in there? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, week two was just more of the same. Yeah, and I think uh, we finally like attuned to an energy type for the first time which was interesting because that the was, first uh, week we did yeah. like we actually had to go in do the spire and then go do the altars for the tithing mm-hmm. week two was i think like we finally attuned to an energy type and it was more just going back and forth and listening mm-hmm. to radio messages and whatnot 
then uh third week was back to normal and then but Ziva Wrath made herself um yeah like <laughs> you can see present <laughs> yeah she's she's more active and like vocal in talking to us and i i haven't spent a ton of time in the altars of summoning but she is you can see the changes happening in uh Sabathun mm-hmm. Spire like her sigil is all over the place and there is just uh that i guess stuff the green break up and yeah. wrathborn enemies which have that green glow about them mm-hmm. and like that green the green power. glow is also just like kind of in the air yep um yeah um i guess one before we go too far and i think it was the second week we we have the story mission and that is in the altars and at the end at least for some people because uh i like my fight for example was bugged um but we we face off against the leviathan eater i can't remember i can't remember the guy's actual name um who's who's fought the light and won before his name was chad Chad Leviathan Eater. Chad Leviathan Eater, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and we just get a small glimpse of this fight. I know I've seen clips of the actual fight happening. Um, and part of the fight, like part of his attacks and stuff, is similar to um, the Pit of Heresy boss. I don't mm-hmm. know that knight's name either. Um, uh, Crispy Crota. Crispy Crota and Chad the Leviathan Eater. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so we get just a small glimpse of that and we get a little bit of lore about, you know, the fact that he's fought an entire planet of light wielders because they, they weren't like guardians. They didn't have ghosts or anything, but he was able to fight the light before and has won. And then we just do a small bit of damage and homeboy gets taken out and we're just given like a glimpse of what we have to see moving forward if we keep pressing forward and Zivu's just trying really hard to threaten us with stuff like that. Oh yeah. It it was um very, very interesting to see uh that boss fight happened mm-hmm. my, bo- my fight didn't bug I managed to actually do it where you get him to a certain point and then he just kind of pieces out you don't actually get to complete it yep yeah, he was and, staring at the wall for me <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I've seen the clips of it just not working correctly and it, it was a it was an interesting fight he summons regular knights with shields during it and you know hitting the ground shock waves doing lots of damage and the the cool thing was where all the other fights take place in little side areas. This one takes place in the center of the altars of summoning where you start everything. And like, you get these walls of green fire, just like doming around you. So you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. You're stuck in there with this dude called the Leviathan eater. You're like, Chad, please. Well, <laughs> it is. It is also like genuinely shocking when you first go yeah. into it because you're thinking you're going there to do the hive magic thing, and all of a sudden you get thrown back, and there's just the green, like you said, the green wall barrier around the entire area, and then this 
mm-hmm. big bad shows up. Yeah, and it says Eva Rath definitely flexing her uh, influence into here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you do what you can, you survive. And I, I do like some of the stuff that Amaru's talking about, about how nasty and violent this guy is and all this. And he basically goes on to talk about how we're no better than the Hive. In fact, we're even better at killing than they are. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, so you're trying to draw like a little bit of a slightly straw man parallel here because, you know, we're not uh, causing entire races to go uh, extinct to feed something that we can't stop. Uh, For us, it's, oh, things are invading into our solar system that are trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we have to deal with it. But, hey, we're immortal. So, you know. It's, and then he, Amaru is all, yeah, <clears throat> and Amaru is also like, he's got a couple lines where he's genuinely also almost afraid of what could be happening because he knows what Zivu's capable of. He's got all these recordings that we've listened to between Zivu and like Savathun, and he's like, you guys have no idea what you're getting into. Oh and, yeah. He's he's got like genuine fear in his the tone of his voice and stuff like that, which is pretty wild. Yeah, at, at times he's like, yeah, yeah, th- this is gonna go bad for all of you. You know, <laughs> you're all dead and you don't know it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna take this fight to her and you're and you've already lost. It's like, no, no, we haven't. Not yet. Come on, we already know there's an expansion coming in February. We haven't lost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't told that to him yet. It's like, we know what's happening. Let's break the the fourth wall on it. Though I do find my favorite Amaro moment was during the uh, initial week, that cutscene where Eris is going to do the transformation, and she's basically walking around and drawing all the uh, magical ley lines in the place that she's going to be doing this in Sabathun's throne world. Mm -hmm. And he gets obnoxious. And you see your guardian reach out and grab the orb inside of his ghost shell. And he mm-hmm. starts screaming, please, you need me, don't crush me, all that stuff. It's like, you know what, you son of a bitch, um, we need you for now. But I just I just have this feeling that at some point your guardian's just going to get your hand on, his eye, on that core again and just remind him once again to stop being a dick to you. Because you will end him very quickly. Yeah, we've already shown it wouldn't take much. (laughs) No, it doesn't take much at all for paracausal beings to just go, and that's the end of it. Yeah. (sighs) I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, Loose and Hive don't do that to us. (laughs) Well, so, I don't know if we want to go off on another tangent here. Um, Yeah, why not? It's been a while since we've done that. So, in, in the seasonal ghost shell, the hexed shell, which is on the, the season pass, there is an interaction between a lucent wizard and a knight. I don't mm-hmm. think the knight is a lucent hive. But the like the hive are still so deep in their idea of the sword logic that this knight kills the wizard and sees the ghost, and he's, like, almost forced to not kill the ghost. 
mm-hmm. because and he still does the whole like chant. I don't know the the chant to. I think it's to Savathun about the sword logic. Right. right. The wi- the wizard comes back, immediately kills the knight, and then also chants the thing about the sword logic. So it, it's like they're still abiding by that, and it's like they they're not allowed to almost to do that to our our ghosts, which is. Which is so wild how deep the idea of the sword logic goes for the hive that their 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 whole thing is like what is dead must what what is what dies deserves to die, and I'm stronger than that, and that's the only way we can get stronger, and they're also at the same time not even killing hive ghosts, so it's a little interesting that way yeah that that, that is interesting that, that like something is stopping them. Well, it's, a, it's a cultural devotion to yeah. this uh, belief. It's a long, and really, it's a long structured belief for them because I think. Oh, yeah. Of, um, Amaru mentioned that one of these recordings that he played for us, oh, this is from like a million years ago. It's like, well, he may not be exaggerating when yeah. he says that. <laughs> you know, um, it, it, because, you know, it's not, not like the hive were created in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they've been on the other side of the universe and traveling yeah, this whole time. So they've been out there for a very, very long time. And it's like, oh, so yeah, yeah, there's, it's so ingrained into their culture and society. I can only imagine trying to rebel against it. Mm -hmm. It's like rebelling against your very nature. Yeah. it's, it's, It's almost like painful to do it. So then you get to understand why it's like, you know, some of these hive that became loose and hive were trying to kill themselves because mm-hmm. they didn't want to do this. Yeah. You know, and that was back from Witch Queen. We saw like uh, little snippets of that and various lore bits and like armor and guns and stuff like that. You know, it was, was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think this past week we finally uh, got that second. Um, the second attunement. The attunement. That's the word. Thank you. We were able to attune to another um energy type. Yeah. So the third one probably be out another two weeks, and we'll get that, and then you can access them all. Uh, the, the, what the attunements are doing, in case you haven't really dove into this season, because to be frank, there's so many new games out right now competing for your time. I can understand if people are kind of waiting towards closer to the end of Season of the Witch, they can play all the new stuff first. Mm-hmm. But the attunements allow you to pick up, essentially, tarot cards yep. in Sabathun's Spire and in the altars that are specific for Void, Arc, and Solar. So, yeah, and you can eventually have all three going at once, so you can collect them all. And that, yeah, th- let's... Since you know the story is basically where it's at right now, you know we're we're still pushing forward. Ziva Wrath is now interjecting a little bit more and yelling at us more frequently. Mm-hmm. And as you put out that the spire and even the altars are now changing mm-hmm. because of our influence, that's kind of where we're at right now, going into week five. We need uh, one more thing. Oh, all right. this okay. week, this. I mean, this week we didn't have a story mission, but it was kind of a a big deal because we went with, we met Ikora 
in the dive tank. Mm. And we go and talk to Sloan. Yeah, I forgot about that. And um, so a lot of this is kind of RNG almost and what you're hearing in dialogue. Um, but we we find out through dialogue in, I believe it's Sabathun Spire, that part of the group that Eris brings up in her ritual are siblings of Asa and some of them are dead. I mean, all of her siblings are dead. She's the only one alive. And all the other names that she mentioned are people that would want to seek vengeance for what happened to them. Like uh, I, the one that comes to my mind I think is Akka and that's the the worm god that Oryx killed for mm-hmm. um, deeper knowledge, stuff like that. And we find out that Asa actually like responded probably at like in Eris's mind, like how Asa communicates, stuff like that. Um so Asa is now tied to this ritual that Eris has done. And we go talk to her and Sloane is like no, you can't talk to Asa. <laughs> She's done. And then Asa's like, listen here, bitch. <laughs> and just takes over. And we find out that Asa is more or less um, handling every bit of pain that Eris would be dealing with, with all the tithing and stuff like that. And that if this goes on too long and isn't resolved, Eris will be stuck as a hive god and because Asa is tied to it Asa would also be changed in some way I don't know if she would like physically change um, but we find out that this connection between Eris and Asa is pretty deep now with this ritual and we're we need to try and wrap things up so that Eris doesn't get stuck as a hive and so that Asa doesn't get mutated or I guess I don't know how else to really put that because we don't know what would happen um, if this doesn't happen fast enough. What if she turns into a hive worm? Yeah, like she just becomes, instead of being a proto worm, she just becomes like a hive worm god. Um, and then after that interaction, um, we we go talk to well we go listen to Ikora and Eris at the the radio, and Ikora's like, well, what happens if you get stuck as a hive? What if this ends up killing you, like killing you both? And Eris is like, that is a risk that we have to take. Or we have decided to take. I can't remember exactly how she worded it. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it was like we've decided to take this risk on nobody else. Yeah. So, yeah that that's where we ended this this week was finding out that Asa is now very much involved in the season. Sloane doesn't like it, um, and you know we have. I think three more weeks of story because this is week four. Yeah, week like five by the time weeks. this is out. So like seven weeks that I saw for the one triumph that was the story weeks triumphs. 
Uh, there's so a hell of a lot more radio recordings, though. I think there's like 12 of them. Oh, wow. If you look, there's like more little uh, check marks on the uh, radio recordings triumph for the uh, seal, mm -hmm. for the seasonal seal. But there's seven story weeks on the seasonal seal. So we just might so be going we're... back and forth to the radio a bunch of times. That's all. Yeah. So we're we're definitely in the back half of the season now. And mm -hmm. um, some stuff could end up getting pretty wild um and I, I guess i'm curious if we're gonna get more missions or how many more missions in these last three weeks because like this week was we i think we talked to amaru we go talk to ikora and then we go to the radio and i'm pretty sure that was it this week yeah. well i guess aside from the attunement you have to go get kills and do patrols on the throne world but and, and go and do one uh lost sector oh, just the like lost sector yeah the, the hive symbols in one area, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, well, since we're talking about the season itself, what do you think of the activities, the two activities that we have? We have the spire and we have the altar. Um, I've I've actually enjoyed both of them. Um, Sabbath and Spire is fun. I like that it it's not always the same. And, like, you know, the enemies we fight can be different. The encounters can be different. Uh, except for, like, the final ones. Like, those are set, but there, there's three of them. Um, mm -hmm. And then one thing I noticed that initially, like, to me, was a gripe. Makes it almost seem like if you don't jump through the right portals with the hive runes, mm -hmm. you... Like, you yourself cannot place a rally flag before the final boss. So if you jump through even if you jump like through one wrong and one right, you still can't place a uh, a rally flag at the end before you go to the final fight. Yeah. Um. I I initially thought that, that was like some weird bug. I also did expect if you got the wrong portal. I I expected it to have some consequence with how big, Savathun Spire is as like a play space. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't happened. Um, yeah, I, I kind of thought like you'd be teleported into like a drop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Forward. And like with like the swirling things, like the pit of heresy things, when you're jumping down into the pit, like I kind of expected something like that. Um, Seventh Inspire is fun. I haven't spent a lot of time in Altars of Summoning. It's something I almost want to either run with people I know or LFG because it just, maybe I've just had bad luck, but I have even had a hard time finishing like the tier two um, ritual summonings. And it just feels like I'm the only one trying to, to like yeah. complete the thing. So it, it's a little frustrating. I don't know if there's, some people that still just don't understand what all you have to do. Um, I but... think there's a lot of people that don't understand what you have to do and think, oh, tier three, let's do the let's do the big one to get all the reward, and then they just die nonstop. Yeah. Because they're horrifyingly underpowered. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not even at base 1810 going yeah. into this, and they're picking tier three, and it's just like, I know the power levels are set, so mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, you, you had to be like, 1840 to do tier three no it's just that they they basically are adjusting how much damage you take and how much health that the enemies have mm -hmm. 
and it's just like yeah you guys don't have the experience doing things like this or the weapon loadouts or the build craft to survive something like this mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's painful as hell tier three i hate tier three in the altars with randoms i absolutely hate it tier twos man we normally get through them they, they feel right i think uh bam described it to me during that first week as tier two feels balanced mm -hmm. tier three feels like you're doing grandmaster nightfall with a group of randoms yeah and no microphones it's this big shift, but as the weeks have gone on, it's been a little bit easier to do them, in my estimation. Um, and it's just the altars. I love the tower. I love the spire. The spire yes, this, is this, my favorite thing. The spire is a lot of fun. Yeah. I found myself going back and doing that more often. And I do like that it randomizes each floor mm -hmm. uh, outside of the jumping areas, obviously. Uh, I did like for the past four weeks secrets. Yep. Secret chests. Uh, I think there's been like some, one week was a uh, another one of the tarot cards, which mm -hmm. I we haven't even talked about in any depth here. Yeah. That the mechanic for the season is a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. And you have to find these cards there's major arcana and minor arcana minor arcana might give you like oh your next uh, weapon focus is a deep sight focus oh you get like you know some crafting material uh something like that but the major arcana are like when you draw from your deck of five once you get five of these major arcana and you get to pick and choose once you start adding more which ones you want active or not and it's in it's in uh eris's little corner of Sabathun's mm -hmm. throne world. You then determine what you want. Like, okay, so I am running an arc class. I have one of the arc, I have the arc, uh, arcana, major arcana card that I think when you get arc kills, it causes blinding explosions. I think you're right. You know, something like that. Uh, there's another one where it's like rapid kills drop heavy ammo. Mm hmm. It's like, holy crap, I've never seen so much heavy ammo on the field in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, there's ones that do it for special ammo. There's ones that you know, rapid kills restore health. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite is the more things you kill, the more damage you start doing. So it's like a perpetual rampage on you. Mm -hmm. And it all ties in thematically with the this is a hive ritual of tithing, which it means you are here to slaughter as much things as possible. Mm -hmm. And you know, these cards work in both the spire and the altars. And it's just a fun mechanic. And I can't wait to get the last, I think there's like three cards left. So yeah, uh, for me to get the uh, full set. Yeah, because I got like nine major arcana cards right now. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I can't wait to see how I can build my deck finally and then run it for the rest of the season, um, specifically in the Spire, because I am having a lot of fun with the Spire. And as you said, there's like three gates at the very end. One of them will be the boss fight, so to speak, which is either you're dealing with the uh, Scorn, mm -hmm. you're dealing with the Lucent Brood, and now we're dealing with... Uh, Zivu Arath's uh, 
like the Green, fallen Wrathborn. The Wrathborn, thank you. Uh, yeah. But if you look in that room, there's still two portals. There's one that's sealed off and another one that's broken. I you know, have fingers. not I have not actually looked around in there. I didn't realize that there was more. When when you go into that room where you have the three main doors at the very end of the spire that you go in for the boss fight, if you look on the right hand side, all the way to the right, is one other portal. It's flush to the ground. It's not raised up like the other two are. Okay. And yeah. it has like a gate in front of it. And on the left, there's one that's broken. Like the rubble has kind of fallen into it, and you still see there's a, an open doorway. Mm -hmm. You just can't go through it. Uh, fingers crossed that maybe, you know, uh, so here's the thing surprise, and uh, the gate goes down as a secret, and you have to go in and do something in there. Mm -hmm. you know? Or the rubble gets cleared out magically, or it's an illusion. You could just pass through it, something like that kind of cool it doesn't happen it doesn't happen because there's enough stuff in the spire to keep you interested for i feel the entirety of the season oh um, yeah the altars not so much I'm, I'm kind of bored with that but that's big horde mode things that i don't know it, it definitely it feels like another um and I get the thing that comes to my mind every time I, I'm in there is the Court of Oryx. Um, yeah, Court of Oryx, but also like the uh, the sundial from the uh, season where we saved Saint Fourteen. Oh yeah, it's very it's very reminiscent of both, and it just after a while you kind of seen it all. Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't know why, but I just find the um, spire just a little bit more fun overall maybe because it's inside the spire and it looks a lot nicer than the uh the various ruins of the throne world so to speak yeah like aesthetically looks you know a little bit cleaner and nicer oh well um yeah season of the witch so far pretty good i've been i've enjoyed it quite a bit i like the i like the seasonal grenade launcher um Crota's out. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Crota later, like next time. Mm -hmm. That's something. And they actually like the seasonal weapons and stuff, I figure next time we'll talk about because I've played around with some of them. I have thoughts. Um, mm -hmm. but we are talking about the story right now. I do want to say one thing that I know that through the Joe Blackburn things and the various dev interviews with the writing crew at Bungie that they wanted to tell a bigger story mm. that was more fleshed out than what they could tell just during an expansion. And so far, I still don't believe that, that it, it's paying off in the way that they hoped. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not feeling like this is this huge narrative that's going to fill in the gaps. This just feels like another season for me that hell, it could be completely taken away from anything that, came before it from Lightfall and stuff and it, it just still feels like Lightfall was incomplete mm -hmm. <laughs> even after doing all this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the trying to do something different. I don't ever want to see that again. <laughs> Turning it into a year's worth of whatever just to devalue the um, 
big expansions main story. Mm. I, I, I'm not digging it. Uh, so I, I, I think the experiment still as of this point, and we are more than halfway through, we've completed one season past Lightfall, and we're halfway through one of the last two. It's like, I don't think the experiment worked. I'm, you know, it's just my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but switching gears here. This past weekend, as we're recording, this is uh, the weekend of the 17th of September in 2023. So mm-hmm. on the uh, 15th, which would have been Friday, it's Friday the 15th, Jason goes on vacation. Um, he, <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for the, the pity chuckle. <laughs> um, Trials of Osiris goes live in his Igneous Hammer weekend. You know, the Igneous Hammer's back, and you can get an adept version if you go Flawless Lighthouse. And it's set on Javelin 4, which is a fan-favorite map for Trials, because, you know, it's got long lines. It also has some, you know, up-close encounters, and it's well-known, so people have pretty much every single angle that they could possibly set up to blow your ass away without you seeing Mm -hmm. them. So everybody's like, oh, Jab 4, all this stuff. A funny thing happened is that people went into trials and started encountering individuals with Amit 4 auto rifles that were firing what looked like um, 50 caliber shells <laughs> in a shotgun spread at exceedingly high rates of speed, and they would, you just melt. There, there was mm-hmm. nothing you could do about it. You, you could melt. And then you started seeing other really weirdly overpowered weapons and people started thinking, it's like, oh my God, all these cheaters, you know, it's, it's the people cheating and ruining trials, but it wasn't just in trials. It was showing up in PVE activities like raids and, you Mm -hmm. know, dungeons and just around the throne worlds and, you know, the patrol spaces, people using this. And it turns out it was a glitch, an exploit on crafting it had nothing to do with an outside cheat now it's easier to do on pc Mm -hmm. it can be done on console Uh, as of our recording i have not been able to replicate this um i I don't know if you have then i i haven't even tried i I don't have any i've i've been playing a couple other things so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me, in a way, me too. Um, but I did make an effort to see if I can make it work, and I just couldn't. But what I ended up doing was I was actually playing Trials all day Friday. Oh, Go me, okay. right? I'm in fucking wow. Trials, which by myself, solo queuing. And I was laughing my ass off at the insanity of it all. <laughs> it was so... And the weirdest thing about trials this weekend, and and I did it. I got I didn't go to lighthouse, but I got some loot. You know, I actually almost got the full set of hunter armor. Oh, nice chest piece. Um, I finally had because you know if you if you win a match, you could end up getting like actual drops. I ended up getting two regular igneous hammers. Mm-hmm. One of them has incandescent on it, which I love, and another one oh. has like range finder, and I think like some other like uh, opening shot maybe i think mm-hmm. and i was like oh they, there's a pvp roll for me i got a couple of the glaives i never got before 
I finally got some immortals to drop. Because I, ne- I don't have an immortal. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I have now one with hatchling on it. Hey, perfect. I wanted one with hatchling anyways. I'm a happy boy. But I'm watching this. And then the weirdest part was when you hit the match that nobody's using these guns. Mm-hmm. And then it's a legitimate match. And it seems like all six players are confused by this. What are we supposed to do? (laughs) At least for the first round, it's like nobody, you're paying attention to see what the loadouts are. And you know, people are swapping loadouts after you see that they, oh, they they don't have a crafted weapon. All of a sudden they have all crafted weapons on. It's just like dead. Um, But you're, you're watching and watching. It's like, no, no shenanigans. All of a sudden regular weapons. The, the most harrowing things were somebody going into trials with an amet that was just a regular one mm-hmm. and you were expecting the death beam. Yeah. You know, or when you're playing and you have an entire team of using these broken weapons and you're playing with like two other people and they're trying to compete normally for that first round and that rounds over in three seconds and then mysteriously, the two other players that you have now swap onto these loadouts. So then mm. it just becomes, I'm going to hang out in the back and just kind of pick off people that run past me. Yeah, I'm not going to engage because I, you just die instantly. There's no way to do anything about it. Absolutely wild weekend in that. Uh, plenty of clips going around of some of the most ridiculous things I've seen. Uh, Datto has a video up. You can find it on his YouTube channel of just some of the most outrageous looking things people mm-hmm. have done like a crafted hand cannon is firing aggressive frame shotgun rounds mm-hmm. melting the boss at the top of the spire of the watcher <laughs> uh a youtube content creator slash you know destiny community person i think his name is haterade mm-hmm. master vault of glass the um the boss fight after the Oracle's encounter. I can't mm. remember what it's called, but it's the, the big, the big Hydra with the shield on it. You have to pop uh, the Templar Templar. Thank you. The Templar encounter by himself, standing in a well using one of these broken crafted, uh, cataclysmic <laughs> linear fusion rifles with bait and switch on it, by the way. Yeah. Soloing the raid boss, on master difficulty. Mm-hmm. It is disturbing to see this, but in the best possible ways. I mean, this is just maddening. And um yeah, I'm I'm having a good time watching this. I know there are people that were like really angry and upset about this, and the argument is that this is devaluing achievements in the game. Mm-hmm. It's devaluing. It, it, it's it's uh, making this. Um, oh, how can I say it? The, the the reputation, uh, the prestige of things. It, it doesn't matter because they, everybody's cheating to get this done. And yeah, I'm calling it cheating. You know, flat out, it, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. But it, when Bungie proper came out on Friday and said, "Yeah, we're seeing what's going on, but we're trying to work on a fix." But in the meantime, have fun with it. Because you're not getting banned. Mm-hmm. It, it was just open season at that point. And um, 
it was it was wild. Uh, most likely by the time this goes live, th- this will all be removed, mm-hmm. taken care of. The, the The fix is supposed to go as the follows that they're going to send out a patch that's going to disable all crafted weapons. You can still craft weapons, but you can't use them. And then, mm-hmm. like, next is going to be a fix that reverts all the broken weapons and prevents this from happening again. Yep. And re-enables crafted weapons into regular activities. So, you know. Sadly, I I couldn't partake in this, but I'm living vicariously through other people doing it, and it's just bonkers. Yeah, some of the stuff some of the stuff people are able to craft and what they're doing with it is nuts. I do want to point one thing out that just is just an observation. So I can't say that um you know this is hundred percent factual. Mm-hmm. Uh but number one, th- this I know folks are like, this should be a rollback. They should roll back this weekend. Um looking at some comments from other discords where you will see people like you know speed running or doing game breaking pve content and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh this has been around uh, and just been quiet about it since the beginning of this season at minimum Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's not a not a brand new thing no this is something that if they were to roll back it might have to roll back all the way to witch queen when crafting first was announced, it was brought into the game. Because mm-hmm. you don't know how far back this goes. If somebody could have one of these guns, they're still busted. Uh, um, and they were just not you know, sharing it. it. It went big, it went open because it was Trials Weekend and everybody wanted the Igneous Hammer adept. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to cheese their way to the lighthouse. That's really what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the floodgates were opened at that point. But the other thing I the thing I noticed on Friday when I was playing it and I I was getting in there like around 4 p.m. Eastern, um, a lot of the people that were doing the broken gun mm-hmm. were all rocking the contest mode Crota emblems. Sure. If this has been around all season. You know, I know you still have to go through the the challenges and all that to get there, but I just find it funny that, Mm -hmm. you know, there could have been an entire contingence of people that were getting this contest mode emblem uh, that were using broken guns to do so the whole time. Mm -hmm. just find it amusing i also find myself validated when i i was told to shut up outrider when i would ask for like a drum fed grenade launcher with micro missile and wolf pack rounds and all that stuff and uh, nobody would like that well apparently a lot of people liked it because <laughs> they were doing it <laughs> over the weekend not, not that so many, exact combo but you know so many people have tried to replicate it and so many people have been able to so yeah it's a. Uh, Something people have definitely that. taken advantage of, for sure. <laughs> Drum-fed grenade launchers with aggressive frame shotgun uh, frames onto the grenade launcher 
So it's firing grenades that are also hitting like shotguns. So the grenade explosions are multiplied by the pellets. Mm-hmm. And if you get kills, aggressive frame shotguns start doing more damage. Yeah. So, and it's like you're running on something that doesn't run out of ammo. <laughs> it's just wild, wild stuff I saw this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, shame I couldn't do anything about it. But, hey, this is a once-in-a-game-lifetime uh, exploit. And uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see, like, a uh, laser tag-type emblem for those that survived this weekend. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty nutty. Pretty nutty stuff. Um. But it should be taken care of. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like something coming like this coming back, but more in a controlled setting. Mm-hmm. Just it's like you know, once in a while. Oh, crafting went crafting went Looney Tunes over the weekend. Uh, oh, oh, it's Monday after reset. It's fixed itself again, and all those broken guns went away. But well, I'm glad you had. You know, apparently, somebody tried to put the Telesto into the crafting table on Mars and this is what happened, you know, type deal. Mm-hmm. You know, just to have a wild time with it and cut loose for a little bit. I mean, it's a game. We should have fun with it. Yeah. I'm out of stuff to talk about. Do you have anything else you want to add? I have nothing else. We covered a lot. We did cover a lot. And we keep covering a lot over on our Spotify for podcast page for Hidden Guardians podcast. Give us a like and a follow. We appreciate it. Thank you for hanging around. Um, sorry for the no episodes for like two weeks because I was sick. There's nothing I could do about it. I could not function. Mm-hmm. COVID kicked my ass, man. It was bad. I hope to never get that shit again. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, next week, uh, I think we'll talk about Crota. Mm -hmm. Because that's new. We got weapons to talk about from the season. Uh, Any story updates? Um, We're approaching, I guess, when Festival of the Lost would start up. Oh, yeah, that's got to be getting... I don't know when that starts, but... I I bet that's after the uh, the, the week seven. So I'm thinking like week eight, week nine, somewhere in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Because uh, it'll only be like three weeks, but you know that's that's in, on the horizon. Um, yeah, there's there's some stuff going on. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening. We appreciate all of you very very much. Take care, everybody. Be well, and bye bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>